The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the ninth and 10th chapters. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Lord. We are gonna read the optional verses, so it's gonna be a long one. So I'm gonna invite you to be seated as we listen together to our gospel this day. Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Then Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, and to cure every disease and every sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanian, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These 12 sent Jesus sent out with the following instructions, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leopards, cast out demons. You received without payment, give without payment. Take no gold or silver or copper in your belts, no bag for your journey, or two tunics or sandals or a staff, for laborers deserve their food. Whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it, and stay there until you leave. As you enter the house, greet it. If the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet as you leave that house or town. Truly I tell you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. See, I am sending you out like a sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of them, for they will hand you over to councils and flog you in their synagogues. And you will be dragged before governors and kings because of me and as a testimony to them, the Gentiles. When they hand you over, do not worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say, for you are to say, what you are to say will be given to you at that time. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all because of my name, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly I tell you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. It took every fiber of my being not to say, please be seated, but I did it, so. Grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As I was preparing this sermon, I was immediately drawn to Jesus' packing list for the apostles. I find it fascinating to see what it is that Jesus instructs those that he's sending out to take or perhaps not to take with them. And what really fascinated me the most is that at the same time as I was reading this gospel, 
I was putting together the packing list for our upcoming youth trip, not to the house of the lost sheep of Israel, but to the people of Toledo, Ohio. So I sat there and I held them side by side, and our packing list includes all the things you would expect. Make sure you bring a backpack and a pair of sandals, a water bottle, a little bit of spending money, and at least two tunics, because you never want to go on a youth trip with fewer than two tunics. Which all goes to say, our packing list for our trip as we send our youth out is the antithesis of that which Jesus gives his apostles here today. But perhaps this is, if nothing else, a consequence of the different kinds of work that we are being sent to do. The itinerary for the trip that the apostles are being sent on includes the following items. To proclaim the nearness of the kingdom of God, to cure the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse the lepers, and to cast out demons. The itinerary for our youth trip, well, it includes all of those things, of course, but a few other things as well. We'll be working to clear out some local waterways from debris. We'll be building beds and then delivering them to children who have none in the larger Toledo community. And we'll be stopping at Cedar Point Amusement Park for a nice afternoon out, which maybe the apostles were gonna do too, just because Jesus didn't say it didn't mean it wasn't on the itinerary. Maybe he was gonna surprise them with a fun day after lots of apostling before that. But you see, regardless of the ways that we differ, we do share one thing in common. A sense of compassion so deep that we feel called into action. A hospitality that leads to the sharing of God's peace with new communities. And a strong sense that this isn't us, but God working in and through us. To Jesus at this point in Matthew's gospel is hard at work. He's preaching and he's teaching and he's curing diseases. And this experience has led crowds to come and see, to gather around, to get a glimpse of this work he's doing. And Jesus sees these crowds and we're told he has compassion for them. Compassion because he views them as sheep without a shepherd. And he realizes as he recognizes the great need of the people around him that he cannot do it alone, which is something I appreciate so deeply about God. God acknowledges that God needs to exist and serve within community. So God, through Christ, starts this community with 12 individuals, the names of which we get today, and he empowers them empowers them to carry on the work that he himself has already been doing. And we are told that compassion, not financial gain, is their primary motivation. They are not here to make a quick buck on miracles. They are here as a response of their own compassion. Because human need does not have a price tag. The gospel is offered without payment. The good news is both free as well as freeing. Now, Jesus gives these instructions today before he sends them out, much like I like to do before we go out on a youth trip. I like to have a little conversation with the children as well as the adult leaders alike. Set a few ground rules and a couple quick reminders. And the first thing I always remind our group as we prepare to be sent out 
is to remember to never assume that we are here to fix anyone or anything. People do not need to be fixed. We are here to learn. We are here to serve where we are called. We are here to be open to the spirit and perhaps can gain something along the, pro the way within this process. Which leads to the second idea, very similar to what Jesus says. Don't assume that we are the shepherds and they are the sheep. Perhaps, perhaps in this process we have far more to gain than anybody who we will meet along our journey. And those are important lessons that we have to take with us. That's an important framework we need if we are going to truly serve as we are called. Serve alongside of those whom we encounter. And when we go to serve, when we're sent out, very much like the apostles, we are fully dependent upon the hospitality of those whom we encounter. Literally, this time around, we will be dependent upon the hospitality of Epiphany Lutheran Church in Toledo, Ohio, where we will be spending our evenings for that entire week. We'll be dependent upon the hospitality of local service organizations that have done the hard work of, of creating relationships and trust within a community and then inviting us to be a part of those relationships. And perhaps most importantly and most memorably in any youth trip, it's the hospitality of the individuals we meet along the way. Those relationships with individuals who are rooted in these communities from which we are simply passing through. You see, the apostles are told to bring nothing with them, not even their own words, because they have everything they already need. And it's the truth for us as well. We already have everything we need, but Jesus reminds us just because we have everything we need doesn't mean it's going to be easy. In fact, sometimes being sent into the world to serve can be pretty difficult. Jesus enumerates some of the potential pitfalls, including an allusion to his own impending death as a result of the work that he is doing. Jesus, in some ways, is trying to get the apostles to understand that although they are going to the helpless and the oppressed, that they themselves, in doing this work, will be helpless and oppressed. A great reversal, but also a solidarity with those to whom they have been called to serve. But it's important that I just say this, never on a youth trip have I quite had those types of experiences? We're usually embraced with open arms. Not once have I had to shake the sand off of my sandals in a doorway. But that tells us that it doesn't mean the work isn't hard. It doesn't mean that we are not called to align ourselves with those who are oppressed. Because God, throughout all of history, has always been found closest to those who are oppressed. This takes us back to our first reading, our reading from Exodus. Just a brief, brief section of a much larger story. The liberation of God's people oppressed in Egypt, enslaved by the Pharaoh. I cannot help but think about how appropriate it is on this weekend as we prepare to celebrate Juneteenth, how appropriate it is to get a part of this story of liberation. 
I think about that as we think about this moment in our own country's history. And it's crazy to me to think that two years, it took two years after President Lincoln's famous Emancipation Proclamation for the news and the freedom it brought to finally arrive to the people enslaved in Galveston, Texas. Two years delay. Very different than our story of Exodus, where it's overnight, the people are free, crossing the Red Sea, and now on their own, but very similarly, just because one has been liberated, just because someone has been free, doesn't mean the struggle has ended. Think about it. In the Exodus, the struggle continued for 40 years of wandering. And even in our own country, even though the emancipation of slavery has happened over 160 plus years ago, the struggle, the oppression in our country very much remains a part of our narrative. While the institution of slavery has ended in the United States, institutional racism has not. And you don't have to look far to see it rear its ugly head. In our country, Per capita, you are five times more likely to be incarcerated if you are a person of color than if you are not. Those things don't happen by accident. Likewise, we have an economic system that is racially unjust. For the work that a white person does, a white male, a black male makes 87 cents to the dollar for that very same work in our country. And if you think that's bad, Black women make 58 cents to the dollar of white men for the same work in our country. We still see these systems of oppression and as we are sent out into the world, we must be aware of these realities. That just because the oppressed has been set free doesn't mean that oppression is done. We must be aware of these realities as we go into the world to proclaim, to proclaim anti-racism as a core value that we share as people of God, a God who seeks to liberate all people. As we go and as we create systems that raise up people of color to equality, as we go about in our world and are sent cleansing our hearts of bias, both implicit as well as explicit, as we cast out the demons of racism that are institutionalized all around us. As Jesus reminds us today, this work that we are being sent to do is not easy, but at the same time, with the compassion of Christ and with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we already have everything we need to do this work. The last thing we need to carry it forward is a heart open to service, a willingness to allow compassion to move us into action, an openness to the reality that there is work yet to be done and that God is always found in the midst of that work of liberation and among the oppressed. So thanks be to God for equipping us and for sending us into the world to ensure that all may experience freedom in Christ's love this day and forever. Amen. Amen.